Welcome back, cuties. We're excited to have you here today with our special guest, Vaishnavi Patel, who is here to tell us all about her debut book um, that just came out one day uh, before you're listening to this right now. Molly, take it away. Um, well, first off, I'm sure you've done this a million times, but um, we'd love it if you could just introduce yourself and your novel and maybe give us like a little quick summary of what it's about, because it's always, always more fun to hear that from your perspective. I could always read the summary, but way more fun coming from you. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Vaishnavi Patel. Um, I'm currently finishing up law school and uh I'm the author of Kaikai, which is a retelling of the Indian epic, the Ramayan, from the perspective of the evil stepmother character. Oh, like, I, I also just like can and also cannot believe that this hasn't been done before. Because like when I first heard the synopsis, I was like, oh, my God, like, I, I feel like I needed this yesterday. And of course, I can I can understand like that it hasn't been done but it's also one of those things where you're just like why hasn't someone done this before this is so exciting um so one of like my first questions so the ramanyana is obviously huge piece of literature absolutely Mm -hmm. massive like it is up there for those who do not know it is like like of the odyssey-esque proportions um and it's it's just absolutely massive it's really hard to kind of describe the scale of it um but you know do you remember like the first time that you read it or heard it or was like exposed to it in any way and kind of like what some of your very first impressions of that story was knowing that this is based off of that yeah so i grew up hearing these stories i can't really remember the first time i ever heard it because um, my grandma would tell me these stories and my little sister, like during lunch in the summers. And so I just slowly learned the different pieces of the story and I would hear it all out of order. So sometimes I wouldn't even realize that something was a Ramayan story until down the line. Um, and then there's also, you know, comics um, for like kids that I read that were based on the Ramayan. And there's like, you know, animated TV shows and all sorts of adaptations. So it was just like part of the cultural fabric that I grew up with. Um, And then when the first time I actually read the, you know, the original Ramayan translation, I was much older. Um, I actually was trying to like research some stuff about Gaikai. This was before I was going to write the book, but back when I had just had this like obsession with the character. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so different than what I grew up with because it's, it's, you know, like 20,000 verses long. And what you hear is like the very shortened, no tangents version, but just like in the Odyssey um, or the Iliad, sometimes in the actual Ramayan, you like start hearing about something and they're like, okay, wait, let me back up, tell you this other person's backstory. And suddenly we have a family tree going. So it was a much more involved process than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I love that. Um, I read a ver- like a, a proper full version a couple years ago and just, it is fantastic, but it's, you almost then I kind of did it in the opposite version. Obviously it wasn't part of, I mean, we were raised very, very Christian, so it wasn't part of our cultural upbringing, but I almost did it backwards. So as I read like the long, like proper version. And then I was like, okay, I want like the storytelling aspects of this. I want to find the snippets and things like that. Cause it's such a good story. But you know, you said that you've, you picked up the version 
when you were beginning before the book, but we're beginning to study the character. What would you say was kind of then like the first moment where you're like, wait, like, you know, were you just researching the character out of, out of interest, out of like, oh, she sounds cool. What's the backstory? Yeah. So I remember back when I was first hearing the Ramayana growing up, um, that Kaikai was always a character that got a lot of discussion, which I don't think is actually cool. Um, but in my family, there was a lot of back and forth of, is she, you know, really evil or is she more misunderstood because you sort of need her in order for the rest of the epic to happen. Yeah. And so that sort of stuck with me. And I, kind of had what you were talking about, which is, I was like, somebody has to have written her story. Somebody has to have written her story. So periodically, I would like look her up. And as my fascination with her grew, I started, you know, reading the original to try to learn things about her reading like scholarly articles to try to learn things about her. And then at some point, I was like, I should just write this. She's right. I love that. That's the best. Um, we're really lucky we get to talk to a bunch of different authors. And I feel like that's the funnest part when you have an author who's just like, okay, fine, I will do it. Like I will write the story. <laughs> it just becomes apparent, like, all right, I guess it's my job. <laughs> that's that's kind of what happened. Um, there's a lot of Ramayan retellings from the perspective of Sita, who's kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, the she's the princess who yes. Ram is going to save. She's like yes. the one main female character and she's definitely one of the, you know, good guys. And so there's plenty of retellings from her perspective, both yes. in like book and movie form, um, which is great to get that perspective. But Gaike is much more complicated and I found her story very rich as well. So, yeah. And that's so, I mean, that's so interesting. Cause that like evil, I'm looking at my own notes, um, but that like evil stepmother archetype is kind of one of the few that's given to women because there's very much kind of this like virgin maiden crone and like every female, like character trope style, whatever kind of like can fall into one of those categories. And that really doesn't allow for the complexity of a character and like the duality of women and individuals that like a lot of male characters get, because Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the book world, like it's almost its own trope that like there is morally gray, like men can have this like duality and this complexity and you don't see that a lot with women. So what are some of the things like personality wise where you were like, okay, I want to make sure that this comes through in her because there is this duality where it's not, oh, she's Mm -hmm. evil and vindictive and jealous and she just wants her son on the throne, you know? Like, what were some of the other elements that you were kind of hoping would come out in her personality? Yeah, so I think actually one of... You brought this up, but like one of the interesting archetypes is that, you know, women, especially evil women, sort of fall into either like the old crone stereotype or like the seductress stereotype. And in a lot of portrayals, Gaike definitely falls into this like seductress archetype. And so part of her story in the book is that she's like very much not that. Um, and she <laughs> like, she doesn't even think about, you know, using sex or her body. I'm sure. Can we talk about this? I hope so. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, yes. It, we're, she doesn't yeah. Even, we're, yeah. Okay. She doesn't even <laughs> talk about or think about that. Like it doesn't cross her mind. And so mm. um, having that sort of frame for her where she can like break out of that box mm. is really important to me. I also just wanted to show her as like thoughtful because she's in the story 
portrayed as like very jealous and acting on this like spur of the moment impulse and to show her that her decisions are thought out and considered and that she does have emotions and they do affect how she makes decisions but she's not just like throwing her entire life out the window for 30 seconds of jealousy right 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 which I feel like you I mean you see that so much and like Alyssa correct like I mean if you I can't think of any examples but that just feels like such a common like trope especially i think sometimes with like female villains is it's like that oh they're emotional so like they're doing something because they are petty and they're making like a snap decision i mean i think that with like this is maybe not the world's best comparison but i think that with like sleeping beauty and maleficent Mm -hmm. where she just shows up and she's just like okay well you know what cursed like petty moment And like, I love the meme that's like, I support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs. Um, I I love that. Um, But it's kind of one of those moments where it's like, but that's not the only decision making that like goes into a female character, which is just so exciting. Um, I just, I'm bursting at the seams. I love this clearly. (laughs) Um, And then an upfront question, which I utterly forgot, which is, you know, would you say that most readers need, um, do they need any concept of the Ramanyana to jump into this? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yep. I think that it's, I mean, I'm sure that there's like extra facets that you can pick up on if you're familiar with the sure. Ramayana or especially if you grew up with it. But, sure. um, at the end of the day, I like tried to write a story that was just its own story. If you take out the mythological structure of it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I hope that it can stand on its own. And I definitely made sure that any, you know, like religious elements or elements that might be super unfamiliar are explained or like I've provided a character list. So I hope that it's accessible. And I did test it on some of my friends who are not (laughs) familiar and they could follow what was going on and enjoyed the story. So thank you to my guinea pigs. Um, (laughs) We love love the art readers, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's me. Anytime. (laughs) Molly, I'm always like, Balls, where where's my next uh piece to read? I can read it. You need a you need a vibe check? Do you need me to like proofread something for you? Cause I'm ready. <laughs> but um, that's a good part. But what was one of your like favorite parts of creating this retelling? Um, since it's you know something that you grew up with, something that you've known essentially your entire life. What would you say is was the funnest part of this process for you in writing the story? That's, that's a good question. I, I mean, I have fun writing all of it and, you know, twisting up the myth. Um, but I actually think that's something I had a lot of fun thinking up and then, you know, putting in the story was that there's a bit of a magic system that doesn't exist in the original myth. Um, so I'll just, it's not really a spoiler because it's in like chapter one or chapter two, but it's called the binding plane. And that's not from the myth. I made that up. And that was a lot of fun to invent that and try to integrate that magic into the, into the story and to make it like thematically um, resonate. So I, I really enjoyed that. I don't want to say much more because I think yeah, I yeah. worry that it'll be a spoiler, but um, I like had this image in my, so the binding plane magic is basically um, about the 
bonds that like tie people together and manipulating those. And so it was really cool to try to think of like a physical representation of like relationships and things like that. For those of us who, the video is not recording, but for those of you who are listening to this, which will be anybody listening to this, you, this is the form that you're getting. You can't see Alyssa and I's faces, but both of us just went like, like full, like emoji when we heard that there was a, there was a magic system in this. Both of us just immediately went like, yeah. so it's, it definitely straddles the line between like fantasy because there is this magic system. Um, mm-hmm. and there's also like, gods and demons and all of that Um, but it's also kind of historical because it's you know this is like part of a belief system people believe that these myths happened um yeah and so it's it's sort of on the it's on the border but there is a you know like fantasy element that's not in the original epic that's in this story we love it that's Um, so fun i do have to say like um, from, I'm going to have to side with your sister on this one from stalking your Instagram, um, <laughs> learning that Hanuman was left out of this, like it's tragic. Um, we can talk later. We can talk offline. Um, <laughs> you and my sister can connect. Um, she's like, I'm never going to speak to these two women ever again after this. Like, I'll, I mean, you can talk to my sister and like form a support group, I guess. No, so I really, I love Hanuman and he's, I really wanted to include him and yeah. there is a reference to him. Okay. I'll take um, it. I'll take but it. <laughs> it, there's not like, he's not in there because I yeah. was just, I couldn't fit another, another character from the Ramayan. Into <laughs> the, uh, I mean, if you, if you have played. Like, bad boy can fit so many Ramayan characters, but like at some point it's full. <laughs> I mean, you, you would pretty much like, at some point I get it a line must be drawn because it's a 20,000 verse epic <laughs> so it's yeah, like at some point is almost 500 pages so it's like already like guys, getting up there. it's like oh I'm about to show it off like I'm about like to show it off like there's it. video and they can't see it um but it's, <laughs> but it's actually thick. stunning she's thick um also, this is probably one of my favorite cover designs I've seen in, in like years. It's, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. It's I so mean, the, nice. the fact that they did the foil on her jewelry too is just like... That was a surprise me. for me too. So <gasps> very exciting. Um, it just... Uh, love it. I mean, I'm partial to anybody with a nose ring, um, which is not a small <laughs> demographic because Lord knows. Um <laughs> But I'm just saying it was, it's like fabulous. So yeah, she's a thick, she's a thick lady, but just delicious, delicious. Um, I was upset. I canceled my book of the month subscription literally like last month, Oh no! but I pre-ordered it. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> I, to me eventually. But well, Molly, I really next week, like, one week, I mean, one week from recording week. a week. Yeah. Yes. A week from today. So ladies and gentlemen, like, I mean, well, this will all be linked and all that good stuff, but, um, right. This, this, by the time y'all are listening to this, this will have been out for 24 hours. So you can still get in on the early wave of this. You can still be a trendsetter. You can jump on. You can still be the one to tell your friends. Um, Like imagine being the person who told all of your friends to watch Game of Thrones. Like imagine that clout. So this is, by the time you hear this, you can still be that person. It will have been out for 24 hours. Sure. I think your copy came in while I was at, while I was in Chicago, because I remember it seeing did. it at your place in person, it did. and was like, "Well, was very excited." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> We're clearly, like I said, 
group of professionals over here. I love um, it. I love this energy. <laughs> Are you both originally from Chicago or? I'm from, well, I need to, otherwise people on the internet will come for me. Um, so I'm from Valparaiso, Indiana, which is about an hour outside Chicago. Um, but I came to Chicago for school. So I've been living within city limits for like a decade. Where'd you go to school? Sorry. I'm like, uh, no, no, no. By all means, this is no, no, no. This hello. Um, I could talk to a tree for hours. And talking to people is even better. Uh, I went to Loyola for my okay. undergrad, actually. So Very I did. Cool. Um, I did my comms degree there, and then I'm doing. I was going to do my master's from Loyola, but it was very expensive to do my master's from Loyola. Um, so I'm actually doing my master's uh, from a school in London because that was cheaper. <laughs> That's shocking. Uh, and I'm originally from it. Oklahoma. I'm originally from Oklahoma, but I lived in Florida for six years. And now I'm in Jersey right outside of New York City. And I've been here almost two months now. Isn't that crazy? <gasps> it's been two months. Yes. How do you like it? Almost. It's cold. It's okay, very well, that's cold. that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I grew <laughs> yeah. up. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So yeah, yeah. And the new New They're England weather. I'm currently in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay, so that ah, okay. Uh, new so England weather far. is a little better for me than Chicago. <laughs> yeah, we um, it's less windy. Less windy. yes, yeah. yeah. Well, we I got just went from snow like yesterday. Florida. So yeah. <laughs> and I, I went from florida to this and so it was like i got a few days of 70 and then today it's back down to like 30 40 degrees and i'm like what what's happening um but I, I don't hate the cold as much as i thought i would and i love being by the city and like i'm in Mont, uh, the, a town called montclair and i love it so uh, the minimal complaints the worst i can say is it, it's cold <laughs> so it's uh, like, you know, I, i'm a little concerned for you because it's April and you moved in like March. So next like January might Jan Fab is always the worst. To be it's fair, I moved the day I moved here, there was an ice storm, February twenty fifth. So That's I true. moved in an ice storm and then I had three straight weeks of snow. That's true. That's true. Okay. I digress. Um and you're doing you're Don't finishing law school. Yeah, so I'm finishing law school, but I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I did my undergrad at U Chicago, and then okay. I lived in uh, near Southside for a few years before okay. um, coming Amazing. over here. Amazing. So I too am an imposter who has then lived in city limits. <laughs> right? Well, as soon as, as soon as you tell people like, oh, I'm from Chicago, and then you're like, oh, well, from an hour away, and then people, well, people get really snippy with me because they're like, well, that's in Indiana. And I'm like, there are suburbs in Illinois that are still suburbs that are farther away than Valpo to Chicago. I mean, I actually grew up in a near suburb. Like on a clear day, you could see the Chicago skyline. Oh, you, yeah, that counts. But like people will still tell me, oh, that's not oh, yeah. Chicago. The, oh, yeah. I guess I did not grow up technically in city limits. <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, that, I, I know. Really, I feel yeah. like I have to be like so careful because I've gotten my like proverbial wrist slapped by that. That's not growing up in Chicago. <laughs> how much of I'll law school do you have never left? say it again i uh, well i have one and a half week of weeks of classes left and like two oh months, my god i graduate in a month maybe so yeah That's very amazing. exciting look at you That's girlfriend Dating so novel a lot check. going on this year. law school check look at you go Man, there's like nothing you can't do. What kind of law, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I hope to long-term do civil rights law. Um, so I'm, you know, particularly interested in voting rights. 
That's incredible. Wow. Amazing. Oh or So when you graduate, are you going to stay in the New England area? Or are you going to go back to Chicago? What's, what's the so plan? I'm going to work at a firm for a year and then I'm going to be clerking, um, which is like working for a judge for yep. a couple of years. Um, and then after that, I don't really know. I love Chicago. I really want to go back. There's also just like not a ton of the kind of work that I want to do there. So mm, yeah, remains to be yeah. remains to be seen because like yeah. Chicago has my whole heart. I'm very like New England meh. Um, <laughs> New England. I'm meh. not like negative on it, but I'm like meh on it. If hot that takes. makes sense. Hot takes, y'all. That's hot take. hot that takes. is going to lose me readers. But... <laughs> I mean, we might leave it in because we are nothing if not just blindly controversial. I mean, I I stand by it. I stand by it. You stand by it. Lord knows I end every podcast with like Christians ruin everything. Um, And that hasn't lost us too many readers yet. So we went on a whole tangent on one episode where we're like, this is one of the 500 million ways that they ruined things. And then we're going to go on a tangent about like a few more. It's like a key Um, message pillar of mine. We'll keep, keep listening. listening. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Come for well, the books and stay for the, the uh, New Jersey, New York City area. Let me know, and I'll show you around. There's plenty of uh, voting and civil rights things happening in the city. <laughs> yes, that is, <laughs> that is very true. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you come home for the holidays, assuming that your parents are somewhat still maybe in the suburbs. Um, yeah, in the suburbs. Okay, great. Um, I can bully you into my friendship and it'll be great. Love it. Molly and I really just do this so we can bully people into being our friends. Yes. A thousand percent. I love this energy. A thousand percent. I also bully people into being my friends, so it's very relatable. <laughs> Oh, I love it. You I like recognize the tactics that I have used in the past. We also like mythology. Guess what? We love these same things. Come on our podcast, and then you're actually stuck with us forever. It's great. Um, it's not a trap. You can ask Amy Kavalina, and she's stuck with us forever. And that's exactly how we trapped her into being our friend. True story. <laughs> love it. Um, so I'm trying to sneak to Australia so we can surprise her. Next. Next. Um, okay. I'll bring us back. Like I said, we are, we are very conversational. Um, so obviously this is one of those super fun stories, which again, like I said, I think are some of the funnest author stories when they're like, all right, fine. It's my job. I will write the thing. (laughs) Um, so you had done a lot of research prior before even getting into, to say like sitting down and kind of making that decision. But once you had made that decision, and then I'm assuming that's kicked off a whole new wave of research and planning Mm -hmm. and plotting and all of that good stuff. Um, what was something that surprised you at that stage? Because it sounds like you had, you know, clearly a lot of research about the character prior, but then once you were like, all right, I'm writing the book. What was something that surprised? Because again, that I get, that's a whole new wave of research when you're like, oh, and now yeah. I'm doing the book. So, I um, think, you know, I was really focused on Kaiki and I was really interested in telling her story, but I also wanted to tell the stories of the women and just like the characters around her and especially to like bring in other interpretations or even pieces that were in the Ramayana that like the original that don't make it into the, um, the modern retellings. And so I started doing a lot of research just on Ramayana retellings because there's hundreds of them and across South and Southeast Asia. And I really wanted to like dig into that. And so I learned a lot of surprising things about the myth um, and a lot of surprising things about how 
people tell it. Like, for example, Robin, who's the mm-hmm. like just straight up villain in the most versions of the Ramayana. In yeah. some places in Southeast Asia, he's actually considered more of a like tragic anti-hero who like definitely oh. is very flawed and like messes up. But like you're kind of like rooting for him or like sad about his downfall um which is just like one example but there's a lot of like these sorts of slightly altered stories that actually make for a completely different experience and so that was really surprising but in a very fun way because every time I saw something like that I was like let me get this down (laughs) hold on hold on many of those you know changes actually made their way into the final book so um it was really fun to play around with that that's super fun because yeah i was gonna i mean i I have not read many different translations i have i've read one and then i've picked up you know popular themes from um tv shows and you know some of those adaptations so i'm by no means a scholar of it but i also was like i've never heard of that one because yeah in most he's just the villain it's just pretty one-sided like it's a demon it's a demon like (laughs) bad guy like there's no There's no like bad mm. guy you love to hate. Like, no, it's pretty no. much right. Bad guy. Huh. Bad guy. I gotta Google, <laughs> now I gotta Google that too. Incredible. Fine. <laughs> um, are there any female characters that you have your eye on for next or any characters in general that you'd like to do a retelling on? Yeah, so I'm actually um my deal was for two books, like separate books um so there's no sequel but um i'm thinking for book two of writing about ganga who is a goddess like a river goddess um but she briefly becomes human for a time in the other great indian epic the Mahabharat, and her becoming human and having children sort of is like a it in itself is a very small part of the story, but it has a huge impact. So I'm thinking of telling her story and the stories of like people who get caught up in that particular plot line. So it's not like, like I, I'm writing it, um, but it's not like fully based yet. But I think that's what's coming next. Also, I have to like dictate it because you guys cannot see the video, but like my face just again, literally went like, I love the expressions dictation. It's giving me life. I learned, I was like, I'm very, like, I'm just very like, like I just react to things with my whole body. I'm very expressive. So I learned very early on. I was like, like I learned very early on that I was like, I have to dictate for those of you at home who don't realize my face just lit up. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I obviously like need that too. So, um, I, it sounds like you've got like a couple things on your plate. Like you're just kind of like mildly busy. I know this right. is a little like, bit technically yeah. even out yet. Um, but I'm going to need you to do that. <laughs> Love it. Um, to the riding uh, bully club as well. Yeah. And this is when we said like, there's <laughs> like diet bullying. I need riding bullies. So yeah. That's this is good. It's good for me. Sprinting at any time. Uh, yeah, we do know. that a lot. Lots I'm intimidated by people who can sprint. That's so not like a writing strategy that really works for me. And I'm just shocked when people can like write words like that. I can only write words like that, which is interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, because I think I have to like it. it 
<laughs> there's no good way to say this. It's like it flips um, on a light switch. And then it's all of a kind of, like well, maybe, I don't know, out. maybe it's, maybe it's the ADHD, but there's just something about like removing barriers to the, the thought process where it's just kind of like, it doesn't matter. You can edit it, you can fix it, whatever. For me, it's the mental thing of like, it doesn't matter. Just do the words. Cause if I, if I don't like have that, it doesn't matter for the next 20 minutes, just like vomit the thing. Then I feel like I get really, really stuck on like, that's not the right word for that. Or that's not the like, wait, how do people walk? And then it's like, you forget entirely. So I feel like it helps me be like just the right amount of unhinged to like Mm -hmm. actually get stuff down. And then, you know, I'll go back in and clean stuff up. But now, now tell me all about your writing process because I'm fascinated because I I know because now I need to, now we have to know. I like set like word count goals when I'm drafting. And when I'm drafting, Mm -hmm. I'll basically like every day I will draft, Mm -hmm. but I can't really sprint. And I, because of law school, I've like gotten myself in the bad habit of not being able to write until like 8 PM at night. So I like have to start writing like Mm -hmm. after the sun has set, which is not good (laughs) for me, but here we are. And then I basically just like sit and write for like a couple of hours Mm -hmm. and Like it's a bit of start and stop, but Mm -hmm. it's mostly just like slowly typing away at it. And I don't know. I think that I have to like think about the next sentence whenever Mm -hmm. I like, like in a way that like makes me pause often. Sure. I can't really sprint, but I do like get it, get it done in like the time period. Most things I want to go to sleep and I also want to check an (laughs) item off my to-do list. Checking the item. These two competing interests really get me to write. Checking the item. Yes. We were talking about this. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day. Um, Mm -hmm. I will sometimes, well, uh, I got this advice to to sometimes, because I'll hail the to-do list. We love a list. We love checking the items. I will sometimes go ahead and I think Alyssa, you were the one who actually told me to do this. Like if I do, if I haven't gotten anything off of my list, I will then write something I've already done I for do the sole, <laughs> for the sole purpose Just to of, check it off. Just to check it off. Just to check it off. And then if it's getting to a certain too. time in the day and I need to feel some uh-huh. momentum, I'll just start yes. writing down the other stuff I did that day. Oh yeah. The check mark release, releases endorphins in your brain. So then you're happy and you're motivated. But if there's yeah. no check marks, then it, like you go into a dark place and you're real sad. Yeah. So writing down, make coffee, check, take shower, check. Take shower. It's always <laughs> take shower. Sometimes I write down like walk and then I'm like, oh, I'll walk yeah. around today. Check. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I will walk, do. I have a dog. Walk. Cocoa. Yep. Feed dog. Yeah. Cause like the dog gets breakfast first thing. So like feed dog, yeah. number one, that's a big one. Um, you already got one check for the day. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> So I can, I can very much relate to like, it will get done because I want to check it off and I want to go to bed. Yeah. There was a time where I was like in a dark place. So I wrote, um, brush teeth just so I can check it off. You know what? Personal grooming goes on that list more than I care to admit. So (laughs) yeah, I respect it. I I mean, shower goes on mine just about every day of the week. So cross it off baby um you, you said you don't typically sit down to start walk walking you don't walk until eight i hope you walk in the daylight <laughs> yeah i do walk in the daytime okay great great just a couple <laughs> ladies know? looking out for each other guys this is no, no one's good. endorsing <laughs> no one's endorsing walking after dark 
Mm-mm. Unless you have a guard dog, which I do not. Coco is not a guard dog. So therefore oh. we try and make JV sure is useless. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you don't start writing until 8 p.m. Do you give yourself like a time limit and a, or just a word limit every day? And do you do I it every day? I have like, like a word a target. So I usually have a word target when I'm drafting and like when I'm drafting, I'm writing almost every day, but when I'm, then I like have down periods where I like don't write and I do other yeah. stuff and that's really good for me. I'm not the kind of person who could manage to write every day. So it's good to um, like boom and bust. Yes. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, and then what would you say? Like some, cause I, I also just love hearing about people's processes. Um, so like the research phase for me, very necessary steps of research include um, Pinterest mood boards and playlists. Very important. Um, yeah. it, what goes into like your research process that are just things that you like love to have before you get started? Like, are there things that's like, oh, I, you know, I change my desktop to a photo of XYZ when I get started, things like that. I always love to hear what people's like research slash mood writing things are yeah so i'm so jealous of people who can make like aesthetics and pinterest mood boards because i like cannot <laughs> it just, like, doesn't come to me it's kind of sad um i don't really do like formal playlists but i do like listen to music and i'll like look mm-hmm. for music until i'm like oh this matches my vibe yes. right now and then i'll yeah. like have that going um yes. i think that's like pretty much pretty much it although sometimes i will draft on like uh, alpha smart which is like kind of like a okay you know typewriter ish yeah. thing that like doesn't really let you look it's one of forth. those it doesn't let you yeah 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 right it's like the you can only write on this thing yeah so you can only yes. write you can't do anything else and so like that sometimes like helps me shift because i'm like working on my computer for like school stuff and then i can like shift to writing yeah i did Smart. something Molly similar did with that. the ipad yeah yeah with the iPad. i did that with the ipad because i was not able to shift from school slash day job to whatever on the laptop and then like open scrivener and it just was like there's too many tabs open so i essentially got an ipad to literally just use as a write machine um but it's like that vibe like the technology like vibe switch is real where it's like yeah. i can't use the same like piece of tech I was just using for something else or I'm not going to be in the right headspace um best writing snack yeah hot chocolate chocolate. okay 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 I mean I know like midwest obviously hot chocolate and hot dish like very very I I put those both in my bio yes Um, yes But, um, no, my, uh, both my mom and my fiance make great hot chocolates. If I'm home Mm. or if I'm at my parents' place, either way, I get hot chocolate. It's great for me. Uh, You're like, you know what? That was actually one of the things, speaking of lists, that was one of the things on the fiance list can make hot chocolate. We checked it off. Exactly. (laughs) We're just checking things off left and right. Yeah. This doesn't sound like a Swiss miss operation. It sounds, it sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds uh, like perfect. gourmet hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. What goes into this hot chocolate? It's, I am intrigued. So it's milk and like dark chocolate chips, basically. And you like melt the dark chocolate chips into the milk and then you add some more milk and you mix it all up. And then they do a little milk frother thing at the end. So you feel like you're like in a, you know, like cafe getting like this frost <laughs> hot chocolate. I am very loved. I like, I'm very appreciative <laughs> that my fiance will like make the hot chocolate and like froth the thing. That's the thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we love it. Okay. <laughs> so I 
chicken and get the Dunkachino. Chocolate and cappuccino mix. They froth it for me too. <laughs> is that what a Dunkachino is? It's hot chocolate and cappuccino mix. Mm-hmm. Huh. Delicious. Yeah. Huh. I have now walk across chocolate. the street and get one and then report back. Yeah, because you know my neighborhood. There's one like actually, there's literally <laughs> one right there. Um, now my favorite thing, you're gonna have to look this up. It is it is a mix, but I do it on the stove with milk. Um, there is a, I mean, it's Chicago, so obviously there's but there's a store in Chicago. There's many a store in Chicago. Um, but one of my favorite like uh, interior design slash like gifts slash random stuff downtown um, does a lot of like European imports. And they had this like French hot chocolate mix that was, um, I love salty sweet and it was a salted hot chocolate mix. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there were like flecks of sea salt in it. And then you dissolved that like into the chocolate milk. And I was like, this is the most decadent thing I've ever had in my entire life. And I think I rationed it out, like legitimately rationed it for a very long time. Could but we find it again? Probably. It's, I mean, it's, it's somewhat Googleable. I'm sure. Like <laughs> I, I'm sure we could find something comparable. We could probably find it on Amazon. Yeah. Most likely. Hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Um, I think something that I also kind of love to ask authors is, you know, if somebody, so somebody reads the book, you know, they read it, they finish it, they mm-hmm. set it down. What in those first, those, those first few moments after you've closed a book and you've just finished it, especially one that's, that's so mm-hmm. deliciously long like this, what as the author, are you hoping that they're feeling in that moment? I would say hopeful. So it's like a, it's not like a triumphant story in the sense of like, you know, things don't, it's it's from the myth. It like follows the myth in the end. Sure. And so like yeah. her story isn't necessarily like a happily ever after, but I wanted readers, like I really want to leave them with a sense of like hope or feeling like hopeful, both yeah. about like her story and just about like progress in general. Yeah. Not to not to say any more and make spoilers, but um, we're very, we're I very, think, I think the emotion is hopeful that I'm going. I love for. that. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, I am a sucker for uh, not a sucker, but I will Google like the end of movies to make sure that they are happy. Um, or maybe not even happy, but just not like utterly devastating. Um, because I've made that mistake like one too many times. So I, and I, cause I was thinking, I was so excited for about this, but I was like, Ooh, that's going to be an end like that's gonna be an ending. An ending. Yeah. <laughs> I worked really um, hard so I love to make hopeful. It hopeful. I like that. So yes, I'm sure you did it. I'm not to the ending. I'm not to the end yet, but I'm sure you've done a masterful job with it. Um <laughs> I've made big mistakes with the don't Google when I have not Googled the ending to things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't Google the ending to this. I also had can, this exact but. conversation the other day, um, interestingly enough where like I don't mind spoilers but I know a lot of people do um Mm. but sometimes I I agree Molly and I agree I prefer spoilers as well um for a few reasons one because it's like what am I about to get into but two I feel like if the story's good now we're not trying to just like convince you to give spoilers like (laughs) we're not we're not trying to weasel secrets out of you just yet But um, if the story is good enough and you know the ending and you still want to get to the end anyway and go on that process, I feel like that is the making of a good story because you want to see like 
yeah. you know, you get it matters how you get there. Z. Yeah. yeah. But you want to know it's the, all the journey. Rest of the alphabet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always do that too. Cause I'm like, all right, uh, I know the ending, but I'm still invested to read or watch or whatever the rest of the story. I do it with movies more than anything. I feel like I do it with movies more than anything with books. You can sometimes kind of know like yeah. by the genre, like you exactly. know, I was gonna say, with the book, you have the genre, but with movies, right. sometimes you think you're getting into something and then it's like, not that. And then it's just not <laughs> that, or there's like, it, so I feel that I do it with movies mm-hmm. a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. I do it with movies, not necessarily like Marvel films where it's kind of like, all right, there's a hero's journey, you know, like, here we go. Um, but I, I do it with movies all the time because I have made mistakes. And then I'm just like on my couch, like, <laughs> like openly sobbing, like just hating yeah. what I've done to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, next yeah. question. Who would you say inspired you the most throughout this process? Yeah. yeah. Um, like in real life, real life or, or, or both, both, How all of the things, all of the answers you have. I was, I think like in a way, my, my little sister, because she reads everything I write and she's always like after me to be writing and to, you know, send stuff to her. And then she like Fully. reads it and hypes me up and helps me out if I'm like stuck somewhere. So this book really would not have been written without her. So I think that she's probably. <laughs> the biggest inspiration um and i'm never sending her this interview so she doesn't know i said that <laughs> well i mean i'm gonna have to track her down because her and i assuming it's the same yeah oh yeah you already yeah, have we need to thing, have a, so. a hanuman discussion so don't worry i'll i'll get it to her <laughs> it's so vaguely creepy and threatening i'm sorry <laughs> um <laughs> it's fine i'll find your family members anyway next question that i wrote down for this lighthearted interview (laughs) we're tracking down your family members and bullying you into friendship so like blackmail bullying uh stalking i don't know this is great we're thriving like we said women's rights women's wrongs we are full of it here we're (laughs) multi-dimensional um Oh my gosh. I know. Um, okay. Yeah. And then I just, I like, I think kind of like my final thing is, um, or like if there are just any final thoughts that you'd love people as they go into it, you know, as we, we kind of said, like what you're hoping that they leave with that hopeful mm-hmm. feeling. But if you've got, you know, 15, 20 seconds, a full minute, whatever to sit down with somebody before they pick it up, um, what would you say to them? What would you want them to expect? What would you kind of say like, Hey, like, I really hope that you explore this and this, that, you know, this moment was really important for me. I hope that you love that. Yeah. Like if you just could speak to a reader for like, however long you want, actually, I'm not going to give you a time limit um, yeah, <laughs> before so, they sat down with it. <laughs> no, I've, I've thought about this because I do feel the need sometimes to give disclaimers to people who are also Hindu. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I'm Hindu and I'm, dealing with a myth that is sort of a foundational text in the religion. And so sometimes yeah. I have to be like, look, I'm Hindu too. I love this myth. I'm like giving a very different spin on it. And like some of the good guys are bad and some of the bad guys are good. But like, mm-hmm. that's sort of for the purposes of like exploration, like sort of an yeah. alternate universe version of yeah. the Ramayan. And so I like, for both for people who are just like wondering about my background and also people who are from that same background, I'm like, mm-hmm. I love this myth. I this is coming from a place of like loving this story and wanting to play with it right. rather than being like, I hate this culture and I want to. Hey. <laughs> We're just going to like 
Yeah. So um, for longtime listeners of the podcast, uh, she feels the opposite the way that Molly has always talked about her background. So the way that Molly has always talked about her background, uh, Vaishnavi feels the opposite. So just not, not my attitude. And you know, there's things in my religion that I want to critique. Like this book is fundamentally a critique of the patriarchy, which I think is like baked into a lot of religions. And I'm critiquing that aspect of my religion because I think it's important to like Absolutely. question it and poke at it and figure out how to move forward. But yeah. I, that's what like more coming from a place of like, I want yeah. us to get better. And like, I'm including myself in that rather than like, you know, yeah. I hate it. And I'm like trying to tear it down for everybody. Right. Which, like, you know, those feelings are valid, but that's not where I'm approaching yeah. this right. story from. Yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> um, I mean, and that's something that we do touch on quite a bit is like, there's something that's very universal I, I will not speak for anybody and or for every religion. I'm not even going to come close to speaking for, you know, I can only speak from my experiences, but that element of like patriarchy is something that's so, I mean, pretty common in, in most major religions. I mean, I come from once upon a time, a Christian background and like Lord knows that's can, especially modern, the modern movement, if you will, is very, very patriarchal, but you see elements of that throughout kind of all Abrahamic religions, depending on the interpretations and, and who's practicing. And, you know, so that's something that's somewhat universal, which is, again, I think as women, we can all kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. interesting things that need to be critiqued from both outside right. and inside the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, you know, I think that that's so, so important and wonderful that you've like brought that to the conversation where it's like, this is coming from a place of like love and adoration. Like I, I was raised with this. I grew up with this. This is, um, just, we're not flipping it. It's on its head because we don't like it. <laughs> it's just like another way of looking yeah. at it, which I think is really lovely. Um, and I'm so excited to keep reading. It's also written like, it's like, I'm going to, we cuss a lot on this podcast. You don't know me personally yet. Um, which I also say threateningly. Um, but guys, it's, it's written like fucking beautifully. It really is like just as a technical, a technical note, like it's absolutely stunning. It reads, it reads beautifully in terms of you are like, this is, if you, if you love those things where you're like, I love epics, I love fantasies. This reads, mm-hmm. this has a reader experience of being so, so, so very like sitting down and hearing the Iliad, the Ramanyana, you know, it, it, it has that, that richness to it, which when you're flipping, you know, when you're, when you're offering a new perspective on a myth, I think sometimes that's, that's really tricky mm-hmm. as an author to still carry that stylistically through, but it's, it's done so well. It's, it's really, it's really quite lovely. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. So, and, and it's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> it's always like so awkward. It's always kind of like, um, I'm bad at taking like, there's no response. No, everybody is. Say thank you. Everybody is. No, that's why I'm like, no, no, no. That's why, that's why I'm saying is like, Alyssa's done that to me a couple of times too. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Yeah. We do that to everybody. And then it's always the like, Hey, you want the most awkward thing in the world? Want to come sit on a video with us? And, uh, hear us talk good things about you. It's like somewhat actually sometimes kind of the worst. It's actually <laughs> one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. To other people. Well, bullying. Yeah, like, like affectionate bullying. Work yeah. There, so like I just get to throw out all the affection. Uh, you say that. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right. Well, 
Gracious. Um, we will not take up too much more of your time. Like I said, normally <laughs> once about a time we started this podcast and we're like, you know, like 20 minute commuter episodes, like we'll be really chill. And then we turn into white men when we get microphones and we just never shut up. <laughs> um, Everyone wants to know our opinion. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, we'll, we'll bundle everything. We'll kind of do like an Sounds outro good. and an intro. Um, is there anything that you wanted? Is there any sound bites that you wanted to get across that we, we maybe missed? I don't think so. Um, okay. just, this is a lot of fun and thank you for having me. I'm so <laughs> yeah. out. This is, a, oh my this God, is really I fun. Know. Um, I, I was like texting Alyssa and I was like, I'm so excited. Like this book, I had it pre-ordered, but it came early and I was like, oh, do you think she wants to be on the podcast? And then we were like talking about like, it for like a minute. And she was like, okay, we're just going to do it. I'm going to slide into somebody's DMs. <laughs> it was great. Um, so thank it was you. Great. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to have you back when it comes time for the second one. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we can discuss because we will yeah, mark it on we'll, your calendar. Now we have you booked already. <laughs> yes. Sounds yes. great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good luck with finishing uh, school. Yeah, um, congratulations. Thank, thank you. you. It's so exciting. Um, yeah. Banger two weeks ahead of you. This is so yeah. Nice. Congratulations. A lot around. going on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Props lady. Props. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, all right perfect well all thank right. you so much again yeah thank you so much it was so much fun yeah, it was great to meet you thanks for having me all right yep anytime oh. <laughs> bye bye